What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. Joining me is a dynamic duo of Jace. Little brother, how you doing? Doing good, bro. How are you? Good, man. And royalties in the building. Jay King, what's up with you? Crown him the king. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Jeff? Good. I'm going to give a special shout-out because we got another positive five-star rating. I'm going to give a shout-out to Polar Bear 285 Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for listening. We're going to dedicate this episode to you. Yes, indeed. So today is crazy because there's not been a lot of stuff happening in Hollywood. Everyone's been on their best behavior. There are no new scandals. It's just weird. It's like quiet. Maybe it's like the last bit of quiet before something major happens, but it's been really calm. Like the biggest news so far this week was that Disney met with James Gunn and they decided they're not going to bring him back for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I guess and the real question that means is what they're going to do with the cast and how they're going to massage and, and help everything out with them because they sent a letter saying, hey, we want him back. Uh, Dave Bautista has gone even further and said, if his script isn't being used, I don't want to be a part of the movie. So it's, it's all kinds of funniness going on with that. Fellas, what do you think about that? Gunn is not coming back. I don't think there was a lot of momentum in terms of, hey, they're going to bring him back. But they just definitively said, no, no smoking gun. We're done. Jay's, what do you think? Okay. The fact they actually met with them, I mean, it's almost like if I heard a rumor that they were meeting with them, I think, oh, they're, they're, this is where Disney finally eats some crow and says, hey, we made the wrong call. Telling him to meeting with him to say you are still fired just sounds like a real dumb idea. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe they thought they owed him that. But I, I just I don't I I just don't think that's the right call. I mean I know they have some a little bit of time. Actually they don't because that's coming out. Is Guardians coming out in twenty twenty? You know I don't think anything is really set in stone. But I think it was they were supposed to start production next year. So okay. I don't know if that means it would come out in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, but. The real problem they have is they need to plug in somebody quickly to take the reins because Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana in particular, have busy schedules. Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel can you know, sit in front of a soundstage wherever, I guess, and just record their lines. But those three in particular are the tricky ones with their schedules because they are not slowing down and working on anything right now. They lock up, and I, and I think even Dave, as I said, uh, Dave Batista's like, hey, I'm, I'm the furthest one from this. But I still, if y'all don't want to use the script, I'm out. I mean, and he, and I almost think he's right because he's like, hey, I signed on the contract to have this director using this guy's script. You guys fired him, which, I mean, I mean, they say it was they fired. Him for, I mean, they probably said they fired him for cause. But Dave's like, hey, that's not cause when you should have done. You did the research, and this was known to you. You guys just basically caved into a bunch of right wing trolls. Like. That was just, I mean, it says, like, I think you said it last week, like, that's just a horrible precedent. Like, you can't, so now, like, everything you say can, can be used against you. And somebody's going to find out something you said in that blog post she deleted five years ago. And it's just like, every, I'm sure everybody in Hollywood said some dumb stuff like that. So it's like, you can't cave into that very quickly. So they should have ate crow and just said, hey, we made the wrong call. So now they're going to have to, I mean, just them trying to figure out, what they're going to do, who they're going to get plugged in. Now, maybe they can get the guy who did Ant-Man 
I mean, who who officially did Ant Man because after was it Edgar Wright's? I mean, they basically had his script, but then they kind of changed some things up and then made a good movie. So maybe you can use some. I mean, the guy who did that and get the same kind of energy, or maybe one of the guys from Thor. But I don't think I think it's. I still think it's the wrong call. So, all right, Javon, a couple questions for you. Sure. So. Uh, I've been reading on some websites, the comments, and people are like, well, screw you, Disney. I'm not going to go see Guardians 3. You, you've cost yourself some money with me and maybe other people. Do you think there's going to be a wide uh, – do you think that's going to be the, the dominant notion that most people are going to be like, no, nah, I'm going to go watch this. Uh, on my principles for James Gunn, I will not go see Guardians Volume 3. No. No. I mean – Put it to you this way: People still went to see the Terminator movies, and Cameron wasn't involved, right? And people are fickle; they'll they'll go see it just because they like the other two movies, so they'll still go and see it. I don't think that him being involved with the movies is going to influence the in ma- mass who be who goes to see Guardians three. Uh, but those who really uh, know who know James Gunn and his work and appreciate his work from the first two films and other things that he's done, you know, they won't go see it. They'll, they'll be affected, but they're, they're a minority. You know, the majority of film goers are just going to go see a movie because it's out for that weekend. You know what I mean? Hey, mm-hmm. this movie's out, we'll just go see it. So I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. If the, if they really want to impact this movie, the actors that are writing that letter, and I know nobody's going to do this because there's money involved and contracts to sign, say, I'm not going to film it. All right, Disney, well, you find another person to play Groot, or you find someone else to play this role, that role, uh, what's um, what's Chris, Chris Pratt? The only person in that cast that I think that they would have real trouble trying to replace. Everyone else is under makeup or CGI, yeah. but he's front and center in the face of that franchise. Right. I don't think he would, but if he did, that would be a real problem for him. You think Zoe Saldana is not? I mean, I think well, she's. I mean, Dave, Dave, you could to find a straight guy, big wrestling-looking dude who delivers his lines very robotic, should be very easy, actually. They do what it all I'm the saying, time. Well, what I'm saying is that it's not so much that, I mean, if they replace somebody, it would be most obvious with Chris Pratt. And he's the one that has the most regular personality. Like Drax, like you said, anyone could do that. And if you have a big poster with Guardians, if someone else were dressed like Drax, you wouldn't necessarily notice. I mean, it's like a big guy. Oh, oh, they switched tracks. And with Gamora, with the makeup and the wig, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, well, I mean, oh, okay. Like if they went back and got Olivia Wilde to be Gamora, for example, and underneath the wig and the green face paint and the, um, you know, whatever skin effects they do for it would you would kind of lose Zoe Saldana. I mean, it wouldn't be the same performance, of course, but. It's not like, oh, man, I can't believe Zoe Saldana's not in this anymore. But if Chris Pratt was not there, much like with Hot Tub Time Machine, John Cusack's gone. It's like, uh, why is old boy here? Why is this movie being made? Why is this movie being made? Exactly. Speaking well, of which. Just, I'm sorry. I was going to say, just, just from a chemistry standpoint, like Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana had really good chemistry, so. That would be right. noticeable off the jump, but that would change. And that's the thing that will affect the movie. Albeit you can replace them visually 
what you'll lose is chemistry that's been established over two films. And you have to three. ask yourself if you're three, right? So, well, well two that we've seen. You'll have to ask so yourself. Okay, well, all right. But as far as their own movie where we got to see them, just them. Um, you, you, if you're Disney, you have to ask you. You would have to ask yourself: Is it worth even putting out at that point? But like I said, who's going to turn down the checks that 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 this franchise has got to offer? None of them. So it's a moot point anyway. Yeah, I think so with this one. All right. So my next question for you, fellas: James Gunn's out. Who should Disney look to to fill the gap? Who should direct Guardians Volume Three? Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. I'm spitballing. I mean, I say the guys who did Thor, like we just said, like you just said. Like I think, and you you need somebody who's has can has that really big imagination and can put comedy within that. Like I said, I I think the guys who did uh, Ant Man, those two movies, both had a lot of action and had brought the comedy, so I think you probably have to talk to them. You yeah. say them. It was just one guy. It was uh, Peyton. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't, I don't know who that director is, but yeah, I think Mr. Reed would be the way to go. Javon, you got another one? Um, other than those guys, like Ant-Man, the guy, whoever did uh, Ragnarok, <clears throat> because they can convey the humor and the action and all that, that's what you're going to have to do. Uh, it, it's just when you have somebody who's created a winning formula, replacing them with somebody else, it, it, it rarely works, if ever. I think Disney should get off the high horse, the moral high horse here, and, and give James Gunn his damn job back. He didn't do anything necessarily insane or wrong. Look, the president in the last 30 days has done more damage in in his tweets, and James Gunn has James Gunn has done in five years. So come on, let's 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 get off of it. But the only people I think who could do it justice are people who are already working on MCU MCU films. So that's their only avenue, in my opinion. That's your only avenue. It's the only people you could even reach out to, or should reach out to, in order to direct this movie. So I want to want to play the Angels advocate here. You guys are sounding like NFL owners in NBA owners y'all are going back to the to the same barrel have you seen any new movies with directors young up-and-coming directors where you're like hey i like to see them do a movie that could be fun okay i mean yeah plenty so ryan coogler did black panther that was his third film right was there somebody like on that list it's like hey i saw this movie this guy was kind of cool I like to see more from them. I mean, to be honest, Jeff, as much as that, as good as that sounds, you're talking about the third film in a franchise, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be I, for me. This is my money. If I'm if I'm the house, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking sure bets, and I don't want to shake the tree too much. I'm trying to I'm trying to please everybody in this move. So what I'm gonna do is not take a big risk on this. If this were out the gate shot, yeah, then I would take a risk and I would go for somebody that we may or may not have seen. We may not have seen their work or what they have to offer. I would take a chance. But for this one, I'm going to go with somebody who has already got their feet established 
in these films, in this film universe, and knows what these movies are about. It's not going to try to get too, put too much of that stamp on it. So mm-hmm. I would keep it in. I would keep it in house for that purpose. But okay. there are plenty, like yeah. But and, and even with Ryan Coogler, I would he could do it because there's there was humorous notions injected into Black Panther. Uh, I mean, he's on the table too. Like I said, these are anybody who's done a film in this MCU and knows what these movies are about gets what we're trying to convey here. That's the lane I would stay in. I wouldn't get too adventurous because, like we said, this, like I said, this is a franchise, and you don't want to you don't want to rock the boat too much. You still want to put butts in seats. So I, I I can't. I mean, just looking at two, uh, like just looking at the last years movies that don't have Marvel directors in it. it I, and you took the hit on this one. So did you see Jurassic Park, Jurassic World? I did not. Okay. I saw the first one. I didn't watch the sequel. <laughs> okay. Well. I would say if you want to keep Chris Pratt happy, maybe go with the director of that if they had a good working relationship. Because I'm sure there's probably some humor in there and there's a lot of action, CGI stuff and there to go with. The next one, whoever did, I, I don't know who, who directed Maze Runner, the uh, Death Curse, but I mean Death Cure, but that movie has a lot of action sequences in it, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure there, there was a lot, probably a lot of CGI, but it really didn't seem like there was a lot of CGI. West Ball and, did that one. Who? West, West Ball. Okay. He and, directed uh, the other ones. Okay. Well, he, I mean, we, we, looking at those three films, you, you saw him deal with very different environments. And the last was the only one that had, looked like it had a lot of CGI. A lot of it looked like it was desert. I mean, I mean, I, I desert, excuse me. Desert and forest environments, so maybe see what he could do with some CGI. Because uh, it, it, I mean, he has, I mean, there wasn't that much humor in those movies, but I mean, if, if you can keep the cast happy, they can, and you use James Gunn's script, you probably can keep the same amount of humor and no, and let the actors kind of have a little more free range because they're going to have to carry them. I think they're going to have to carry the movie a little more because they don't. They're going to have an unfamiliar director versus James Gunn that can kind of corral their artistic and like now nah, here's what we should go they're probably going to just be like hey we're going to run we're going to run over this guy but at least maybe let it be somebody that can has turned out a good movie in the past i mean especially in the last year so uh, those are my two potentials west ball has he's only worked in terms of non-shorts the, the maze runner trilogy has been his only series so he'd make for a really good choice do you think that that disney had this meeting with Gunn to kind of set up something like, hey, look, we're going to have somebody in front of the camera, wink, wink, but you're going to be our on-set consultant. So we can say, hey, we fired you as the director, but you can guide us through this film. Do you think that would be a nice compromise to all the people who are outraged over Gunn's statements and people who are like, hey, how are y'all going to keep the quality of this film together? It, listen, that would help for the movie. That would help with the actors. But it's the people on the outside. I mean, like the people who weren't... I mean, I don't think it was a big movement of people who weren't going to see Guardians 3 if James Gunn had stayed on. Like, I don't think there was a big contingent of people that weren't going to see that movie because of him. I think you have the... Not even the fanboys, because I'm probably... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to see it, but I'm more in the camp they shouldn't have fired him. So you telling me he's a consultant because you're not going to admit he's a consultant. You're going to say, 
he was executive producer, some title trying to throw him down in the and like he'll he'll be the third grip or something, but he's really the director. Like that's not gonna tell me that you guys you you didn't want to say, Hey, we were wrong. So I don't think that really helps anything. I mean it helps the actors and everybody, but I don't think that helps everybody to just saying, Disney, you're wrong. Like just admit it, you're wrong. Everybody will be happy. I mean, the, the cast will be happy, but the audience will not be happy. So I don't think that's really the way to go. I mean, yeah. And if I'm James Gunn, I don't want you a, I don't want a, you to make me the director, but not the director. Kiss it. I'm not. I'm not even going to give that to you. You fired me, so I'm fired. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do you any favors. You fired. Well, me. I think it's more of a deal where they go, hey, look. If your feelings, everybody's feelings are kind of up in there, but you acknowledge that, hey, this wasn't the best thing to do, and you apologize, you understand why Disney did what they did, but you come on, in this way, your vision of this trilogy gets completed, and we can find somebody else to do Guardians 4 if that's the way we want to go. This way, you get to complete your story, because I just watched Guardians Volume 2 over the weekend, and man, you know, I, I like that movie. It's like right out of my top five, but man, it is a great, great movie. And it's so well done. I'm just like, boy, whoever does this next one really is going to need to have some great ideas. But that's the thing, Jeff, that points more to, okay, this is why I shouldn't be fired in the first place. Right. This is why I should still be there. And you giving me this kind of, okay, you're going to direct it, but we're not going to call you the director. And it sounds maybe selfish for me to say that, maybe selfish indeed, but that's the way it is. You're not going, I'm not going to help you eat while you're taking food off my plate. Okay. I think they'll probably do a little on the side deal. I mean, because there's no news right now in terms of, hey, they're going to cut his script. But I'm we're thinking, talking about Hollywood. We're talking about Hollywood, man. Listen, if, if, if we find out James Gunn is not working for a, a period in 20, uh, 2019 or 2020, yeah, he's a director. I mean, like, if he if there's just a gap in his schedule, he's taking some time off, he's directing that movie. But if he, so it, I think, there, like Jeff said, there's a, there's a part of pride of it's like, hey, I really, I don't need to let pride get in the way of, yeah, they fired me, they were wrong. I get that, but I really want to see my vision done. I would so rather have take this small hit of just saying I'm not the director, but to get my vision made. Man, I can hey, I can host it in my movie room. Like this is my movie. Like yeah, I'm not listed as director, but it's my movie. I think is is seeing some movies that you can tell when they got that switch of direction. It's just like man, this would have been so much better if this guy was directing it. Like, you can tell that vision's not there. I think if Disney did that side deal, it's like, I think, he, I mean, I think if it was, if I was James Gunn, I'd be like, you know what? As long as I have some, I mean, the money is the same or better and I can do this, I think I think I, I can deal without having director credit. Like, I would, I want to see my vision of these guys and we've we've done some three two really good movies, mm-hmm. and honestly made these guys household characters. I, I'm, I mean, for my guys, I want to do it, so I, right. I can take I can bite that bullet. And I, I I dig that I dig that, but I'm looking at it from the point of view of being a director because that's like I don't know, man. I'm I'm always find a way to throw sports in the mix. It's like 
telling it's like having uh, 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 Kobe or Tom Brady, right? Okay, you're gonna ride the bench on this one, but you're still gonna tell us exactly what to do. I'm inept as a coach, but I still need your input somehow, some way. So, or, t- or better yet, having Bill Belichick say you're gonna coach from the locker room because you said something that the people don't like. Well, hey, I mean, I mean, think about like the guys who you're suspend you're you're suspended for one quarter or one place. Like your str- your starting streak is now over. It's like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's one streak. But that's not a starting streak. That's the whole thing, and that's the thing about it. I'm not going to ask the head coach to coach from the locker room and call it uh, somebody else's project. He still won the game. And coming from that person's perspective, I don't know what kind of ego he has, but I'm I'm a director. This is what I do. I'm not going to consult. I'm not going to let you call me a consultant when I directed the movie, even though you are paying me. I'm the director. And just to prove a point, and maybe, you know, uh, 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 maybe maybe that's something that – uh, a lot of people wouldn't do, but I think there are enough people out there that would agree with that point. I'm a director, and just to prove a point to Disney, you don't get to fire me and then ask me to come back and play the behind-the-scenes director just because you're afraid of what people say. Well, when people find out that I actually directed the movie anyway from the sideline, what do you think the backlash is going to be then? It's still going to be <laughs> backlash. You might as well face the music anyway. You might as well face the music anyway. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's, it's one of those... Do you let pro- I mean, I'm sure is it. I'm not the most artistic guy, but if like, hey, I would rather see my vision. Like, I put my heart and soul in this, especially like the story of how Guardians Two helped him get over the loss of his father. Like that one, if somebody took that away from him, like, you know what? Take me off this day. Take my name off the director, because right. I want to see this movie made. I am right. so. You know what? I'll be pissed off tomorrow, but I want to see this movie made. I think I'd rather go with that, like just right. not letting pride stop me from having a great movie. I mean, I dig it, but, you know, it's a matter of pride, but it's also a matter of respect for my craft. And for me as the as the director, I, I get seeing my vision through, but I also get having my name as the director because I direct. That's what I do. So to ask me to direct from the sidelines where somebody else gets the mantle of the director, that's a slap in the face in and of itself. And I'm letting you do that to me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so James Gunn is not going to be working on a Marvel Studios film. Uh, now your Warner brothers, this guy who helped make a franchise with guardians, something that no one outside of diehard comic book fans knew about. He's now free. He's open to work with anybody. His, uh, his exclusivity is done. His, he's able to compete now. If you're a DC producer, what property do you want James Gunn working on for you? Batman. Huh? Batman. Nah. Or Superman. Either one. I, I go Legion of Superheroes. That's what I'm thinking. Like, Legion you have is a, a huge, wide cast. You can introduce as many of them as you want. And he's already shown the ability to juggle a large cast and make you care about people. And, and it's his face saga, so it's not that far off. And I'd rather him stay in that lane, which he created so perfectly, and just make that work for DC. Mm. They need something that's fun, lighthearted, and doesn't take itself too seriously. And that is a perfect thing for Legion because it can be all those things thanks to the different characters. And 
if they if Warner says we got James Gunn on Legion of Superheroes, people are gonna be like Legion of Superheroes. Don't know about him, but I'm interested because it's the same guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that's cool, but for a Superman movie, I mean, isn't the next Superman coming out before they the? They haven't announced that. Like he's an, I mean, I guess the thing is, like, he's an established property. Like, Legion of Superheroes would be this team that nobody really knows. I mean, like, except diehard comic book fans. Like, right. if you said from the director of Guardians of Galaxy comes Legion of Superheroes, they're like, you know, I'm actually intrigued by this. Like, the, the not diehard comic book fans, like, oh, I really enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. So I see some guys in costumes because we're not going to go stupid old school Marvel and not put them in costume. Like they'll have some personality and, and it's like in DC definitely needs some, like, as we, as we were talking last week, they need something to expand the universe and it can't be teen Titans. It's got to be people nobody know of. And then say, Hey, these guys are on a map. And then you put Dave, James Gunn in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you got to win. Another great thing about Legion, they're away from the normal DC continuity. Since they're in the future, you don't have to worry about, hey, is this the Henry Cavill Superman or the Ben Affleck Batman? They're in the future, so it doesn't matter. And you can right. you don't have to tie anything into anything else. There's no spinoffs, no big overarching story to connect to. You just let them play in the future, and you're all set. Oh, I dig it. It's just I, I'm thinking more in terms of right now and telling the brands that you're working with. Superman, Batman, Justice League, these are the brands, Wonder Woman are the brands that you're promoting, and Aquaman as well is what you're promoting most right now. You need to, re, you need to get Superman off to a better start. You need to have that going. You need to, because Superman is your bread and butter. Okay. Anything Superman, anything Batman is your bread and butter. I will put him there. Just well, you, but the good thing is, with the Legion of Superheroes, you can put in Superman or Supergirl. And actually had him do some in there too, because they're always kind of bouncing in between the Legion of Superheroes. So if you want, if you wanted to have the Supergirl movie and then have the Legion of Superheroes, like to actually tie it in that way, and then just you could always pluck Superman from current day and have him work with the Legion. That's or you could do something different and make him Superboy. Yeah, yeah, it all works. Yeah, it all works. It's just that's why I would go with it. That's all. All right, let's move on to another DC-themed character. All right, so, you know, nobody likes anybody being cast for anything these days. And thanks to the magical world of Twitter and Instagram, people can voice every single minute complaint they've got and let everybody know about it. As a result, Ruby Rose, who was cast as Batwoman in the CW Arrowverse, decided, I'm good on Twitter. And she left it because she was getting tired of complaints. And let's see. You, Jace, why don't you read that uh, letter that you had or the note that you had from the Twitterverse out there complaining about one very specific thing about Batwoman. Okay. Like, and and I, I, as soon as I saw this, I just thought, especially because we were talking about how many celebrities again, basically so pissed off with all the negative comments. That when I started reading, there was like some backlash against Ruby Rose. I'm like, wait a minute, what's what's the point of being mad at her? So for some reason, there was a hashtag recast Batwoman. It wasn't because she was the wrong race; uh, she didn't look like the character. They the complaint. One of the complaints was she was, although she's a white lesbian, she wasn't a Jewish lesbian. 
and, and it was just like, I mean, that's just like saying like, I, I don't even know if it's even worse to saying like, you get a, a dark, a, a, a fictional character should be a dark skinned brother versus a light skinned brother. Like that, I mean, it's like, I that was, I'm kind of on that. So like, I don't like when Storm is portrayed by uh, Halle Berry and Alexandra Ship. And I don't know. I mean, he was fine in the role, but I was like, why is Ray Fisher playing Cyborg? I mean, but he was. I mean, in, in, in the mask, he was so dark. I mean, you really couldn't see the difference. No, nah, I mean, man. It, I, I understand that one, but it, it's it, to me, it's just like you can't. I mean, it's like that's not an. I mean, like to say something like that is not an internal. I mean, an external characteristic. It's like, yo, a religion is not. That's that's way too specific. I mean, it's like, like if you. I mean, they say, hey. We want to expand the map on lesbian characters. Like that's a fine critique, but she got the role. Like there's nothing wrong with somebody getting the role. It's like, hey, her agent is putting her out there and stuff. Good job. But to say that it needs to be cast because of some an extra, I mean, external, I mean, internal characteristic. That's that's complete BS. I was I was just like, I read that. I'm just like, how? I don't even think some of these cats even know the role. It's like. I mean, well, I mean, if you want a Jewish lesbian, yeah, you know the role, but how is that, how is that going to hurt anybody for that not to be the, it's an actor. It's like, I mean, as we, as I think it was cheap. It's like, if you're not an amputee, you can't play amputee roles. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you can't do something like that. It's like, these are actors. Like, what stops her from me acting like a Jewish lesbian? Nothing. Like, I, I mean, it was just completely <laughs> background. No, it's, it's it's nuts, man. We're getting to a point where, and look, man, look. Everybody calls me a, a social media grump. And hey, I say say I hate social media, and I kind of do, because of this. This is what giving everybody an opinion breeds. Everybody should not have an opinion because everybody is not intelligent enough, articulate enough, and adult enough to use this kind of platform responsibly. You have a lot of people who go on social media to be 10 feet tall monsters. Instead of being a human being, they go out there and they spit this vitriol and this, and this venom at people that have nothing to do with what they're really mad at. You know, they're just looking for targets. And you have people who share their asinine opinion. I mean, it's it's cool that you think that everybody who's playing a role should be the, the, the everybody who's playing a, every actor who's playing a role should embody what that role is down to the science. But look here, Bradley Cooper was not a sniper for the Marines or whatever when he was army, whatever. Back. Rocket Raccoon was shooting a bunch of dudes. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but Bradley Cooper—he grew fur and became yeah. one foot tall. He grew fur and became a real raccoon. He was with a raccoon family. No, yo, Look, just imagine if raccoons were on Twitter. Ex-marine sniper. Thank you. How would they feel about? It? <laughs> he's not gonna be. He's not a raccoon, though. You see what I'm saying? He's not a raccoon. So I don't know why he's playing a ra- a non-raccoon is playing a raccoon. We get to the point of it, like right there. That it's ridiculous. Look, actors. All right, are I got another one for role. you. I got a new one for you. So oh, Disney has their first uh, opening gay character who's going to be in Jungle Cruise. He is being played by Jack Whitehall. Okay, so Jack Whitehall is going to be playing 
uh, the first openly gay character in a Disney movie. Now, the problem for some people, let's see if you can guess. He's We're going to go with he's not gay. He is not gay. That's a big yeah, problem. Neither was Robin Williams. Neither was Robin Williams when he was in the birdcage. But you know what happened? People watched the movie and they loved it. They loved his role. Look, everybody that does not have to him. Acceptable time, Javon. Nowadays, okay. you've got to check off oh, all no, the boxes. No, 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 no. Look, I understand that totally. But here's what I say about nowadays. Just because we in these days, they ain't better days. Okay. <laughs> Every idiot has an opinion. Every idiot has an opinion and a reason to be upset. If you stop looking for reasons to be upset, you might actually enjoy life. Hey, you might actually enjoy this movie. You ever think about that? Look, he's not gay. That's fine. But gay characters play straight characters all the time. And nobody complains. Nobody complains. This becomes a matter of get off of what high horse are you even on? And I said this a couple podcasts ago. Y'all got to start picking y'all sacred cows a little better, man, because you're running out of them. You're running out. You're going to get to the point where it's the boy who cried wolf. You're offended by everything, so now everything's off limits. At some point, people are going to just say, well, shut the hell up, everybody. I'm tired of having to accommodate the world to make something, anything. I'm tired of having to accommodate the world to make something, anything, because everybody's going to weigh in and we're guaranteed to offend one person, one group of people, whatever. Look, you're just going to have to deal with, you're going to have to take your feelings and you're going to have to roll them up in a little joint and smoke them. Deal with it. This is the world. It's not, gonna, it's not supposed to be custom tailored to you and what you want. It's not supposed to spit your specifics. This is the world. There are going to be a lot of things you don't like, contrary to what you believe or what you know. You're going to have to get over it, and you're going to have to get over yourselves. I'm stepping off the soapbox now. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, it's like, where is the outrage when it, the fact that Neil Patrick Harris hasn't played a gay, I mean, a gay character since his career started? Like, where is the outrage when... Uh, Gosh, I'm, I'm, uh, Matthew Brummer is not playing gay characters. When what's the guy uh, Siler from Heroes? Like Spock hasn't played a gay character yet. Oh, when Zach Quinto kisses a woman in a movie because you know, I mean, let's let's stop it already, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, as I say, it's like if you if you're a new actor, actor, it's like I think it's like a point where you have to go and you can keep your Twitter feed and all that other stuff. But you got to basically hire somebody whose job is 100% like to literally delete all negative comments. Like literally just like, this is an idiot comment, block them. If you're on Twitter, literally just put a block them saying they're looking up some bad stuff and literally report them. Like just you, that should be some like somebody's press secretary's job. It's like, yeah, I don't want to see a negative comment. Like just at all. Like your job is you 100% have a access to my password. Just literally. Yeah. I don't want to see crap. Like you, I want to engage my fans. I don't want to engage these negative Jay, idiots. Like, totally. Just, and that, that's what I was saying a few weeks back about how certain stars use Twitter, right? Certain stars use some stars use it just like you or I or anybody else would use it. They voice their political and social opinions. They weigh in on these issues, right? Whereas others just use it as a platform to promote themselves, and that's okay if that's what you use it for. But they have a person or a team of people who are dedicated to just making sure that they don't go 
full Xanax tweet or or, or, or or drunk tweet in the middle of the night and say something or post something completely uh, crazy. They, they resp- that to me, that's a responsible way of using it if you're a celebrity, because I'm not weighing in on those social or political issues. I'm just using it to promote me and what I'm doing right now. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to take it back because, I, I mean, I think they should. They should if you want to use it to – do do your political and all that stuff. I think hey, you got a voice. You got a, you got more of a voice than we do. Like that's not a bad thing to use it. I say it for for just movies and promotion. It's like like Kelly Ann Tran. There's no excuse for her to be off Twitter. I mean Instagram. It's like she just literally had a bunch of jerks who literally thought it was fun to just try and pick on her, like and straight yeah. bully her. Like yeah. that that I don't I'm, I think that's just like those are the people I want. Like that press secretary literally blocking like Twitter. Get rid of. Them. Flitter, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Block, block, block. Twitter, get rid of them. Instagram, make sure report them. Like, that is their almost full-time job. You were supposed to be, if there is a, a positive comment where somebody's like, oh, how, how, how good was it to be cast in Star Wars? You're like, Kelly, respond to this one. Like, that's that's what that person would do. But they never right. see those just hateful tweets. Like, oh, I didn't think your role was that meaty. Yeah, that's a, that's a critique. Like, hey, you should, you hey, respond to that if you want to. Like, but you don't yeah. have to. But don't, but, it's like, all these racist ones about where your parents are, all these, you know, ethnic jokes, like, oh, no, you don't yeah. see those. Like, because that's, well, that's not helping anything. Well, Jay, that's what I want Twitter and everybody, who other, all these other social media platforms, that's what I want them to police. You got to be able to police these idiots and take away their voice. You got to shut them out. You got to mm-hmm. shut them out. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's literally it's like Twitter and all, I mean, it's like, and you should literally be like, here's a screenshot that's connected to this email. Don't put them on a 30-day notice. Like, you know, you can actually get people blocked on Twitter. I, I know you've actually done it, Jeff. Just had some fun with that. So I, I think they, they're press secretary. Block me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, mean, I think they just uh, tip them off to a couple of their tweets, and they will go around and knock them right off for a little bit. I mean, it's like that's what they, that press secretary is like. Oh, you're the one that's like – like a Wikipedia page, like, oh, this was edited by this guy? Get him out of here. Like, do not ban them all and literally make sure their email address, put it to their IP address. So literally, it's like, like Javon said, take away their voice because then they have to go back to the sad, lonely lives where no one can hear their sad, pathetic lives. So, so get rid of them. Yep. Okay, let's go to something fun now. We've been on this one for a minute. All right. So apparently, we've got another remake coming. This time it's designing women. Yay! Yay! I'm amazed that it's probably taken this long to get a designing women uh, reboot going because it just seems like a natural since they've done almost everything. I am really struggling to think now of shows that I watched back in the days that haven't been remade. Why is this still coming up? And will you guys watch a designing women remake? Hell no, Jeff. <laughs> Hell no. Look, 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 look. Jace, I'm sorry. I, I, you know me. I, I get to go on. I get to go on. Um, Designing Women was a time capsule of a show. It's like they're going to, and NBC is going to bring back Miami Vice, and you really can't because what's going on in Miami Vice in 2018 is vastly different from what was going on in Miami Vice in 1983. 82, 3, 4, when that, 84, when that show debuted, right? You're talking about on the heels of the cocaine-fueled uh, re, or not even re, the cocaine-fueled 
uh, 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 growth of the city, you know, making instant millionaires and bringing this this exciting nightlife and exciting air into the city, and this dangerous air to the city. Um, it's totally different. It's it's totally different. You can't recreate that. And just putting two cops in the streets of Miami now, when you don't have that. And Miami Vice, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm segueing to Miami Vice, but it's the same thing with like designer women. It captured the decadence of that era, the decadence of the '80s, man. If you weren't alive during that time, there's no way to describe it to you. And I was a kid, but I knew it. This was a special thing happening here, man. It, it was special. It's just you can't recreate that. And Miami Vice is one of those shows that <clears throat> captured. No other show or no other movie, no other form of media to me captured the essence of a decade quite like Miami Vice. Because Dynasty. Oh, yeah, those shows, Miami Vice, Dynasty, The Decadence. And Designing Women was a part of that. The Sugar Bakers were a part of that, man. They captured that. Hey, you're going to spend $10,000 on drapes. It's no big deal. Your husband's a, a Wall Street so-and-so or an oil man or whatever he is in Atlanta. It's no big deal. That kind of doesn't apply today. You know, it's not the same thing. I, I, don't, I don't know where they're going to take it. Of course, they're going to modernize it, and they're going to, they're, they're going to give it a 2018 spin, but it just, it's not the show that needs it. It really isn't the show that needs it. So I don't know what they're expecting to do with it, and I I can't imagine it's going to find a new audience because, like, for example, Murphy Brown's coming back. So what? Mm-hmm. I think Murphy will at in the fairness, same time. Though, in fairness, Murphy in fairness, Brown is bringing back the old cast. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's much better than a reboot or, hey, let's put a fresh new coat of paint on it and hope everybody loves it. Right. And I'll tell you another angle, Jeff. In this era of fake news and what's happening socially, politically, yep. Murphy Brown is going to do have like I think it's going to have like a Roseanne effect, especially amongst uh, the, uh, the 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 forty to fifty nine, sixty actually forty to sixty nine crowd. Mm-hmm. Those who remember the Murphy crowd. Brown, watch Murphy Brown, the CBS crowd. There you go. So I think it's going to find some new resonance there, but. Any other reboot that they may think of, of of bringing back from the 80s, dude, you, you, there are only a handful of shows that you can recreate. Magnum was one of those shows that just worked because ladies liked looking at Tom Selleck then. They liked Tom Selleck. He was, he was, he was, a, piece of, he was a piece of eye candy that, but for that time, right? So that was part of the draw of the show. The show wasn't good for what it's worth. You had other options. It's just women like Tom Selleck. That's what that was about. Um... Like I, I've seen that they're gonna try to bring back my, one Miami Vice. They're gonna bring back uh, God, God. Uh, there's a, a few other shows, Magnum, of course, um, and a few other shows that I think that they are gonna bring back. But they're missing the mark where these there's some shows that they could easily bring back because they're probably better suited for today than they were 30 years or even 25 years ago. One of those shows would be Cagney and Lacey. They should bring that back. Well, you know, Javon, they've got that Bad Boys spinoff of Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba, which I think if they play it right, right, they could have the same dynamic. That's Cagney and Lacey, basically. Yeah. So, okay. All right. It'll work. Jace, what do you think? Okay. Uh, I don't. 
I don't think, I mean, you, you just because I had forgotten the premise of the show because I think that was one of those shows I just don't remember watching. I, I understand you're trying to, I mean, it's like, you can't, there is the concept of the show, like, you got a recent divorcee who starts a business, I mean, gets basically a start, gets a business, then she has some friends kind of helping her out. Like, that almost sounds like the premise of, what was that? Uh, gosh, and I'm almost saying, it's like, there was a recent show that did, uh, uh, it was some show on BET about some fashion designers. I, I forget it. I mean, it's it, it was some, I don't think this one has any more legs in, I mean, at least the original designing woman had that, like, kind of, like, it, it sounds like they, ha- they had some, like, good political commentary on it. And, like, I mean, especially being w- women in, like, kind of getting to be independent women in, in the 80s. Now that really doesn't. I mean, I think you might want to find. I mean, like you say, hey, we we're really going to go in this really hard uh, anti-Trump era, and we're going to really go there. But I don't know if anybody has the balls to do it. I mean, especially yeah. to say we're going to have really have legs on the show. It's like, oh, that's that super liberal show. We're not going to we're not going to watch that. Especially you put it on CBS. It's like, oh, heck no. You I mean our, our audience just they don't really feel anything that's not. Has a cast that anybody's over uh, over forty five. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So I, that, that demographic who could be who could it appeal who it could appeal to on CBS. It's like if you if you promote. I mean, when are you going to promote this show? Like during Monday? I mean, uh, Sunday football? Like that's oh. the only. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's the only. On Saturdays and Sundays, when there is a one o'clock game. Okay. Again, when when the audience you want, when is the time the audience that d- advertisers want watch CBS? CBS does apparently not have to worry about advertising because they have their core audience and they don't deviate from that formula. Okay, so I mean, this show is investigative shows that they have on. All right, Ooh. and is 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 this show going to? MB- I mean, CBS. I guess maybe that's. I'm pretty sure it's set for CBS. Okay, so. If, if you you say C, CBS's core audience, like, are they really going to fill this show? Like, if it goes, like, almost like how the early one was talking about AIDS, homophobia, uh, clergy, and stuff like that. If you go, I mean, especially after, you know, stuff just recently happened, mm-hmm. do you really, I mean, it's like, can you really have, is, is CBS really going to be filling the show to really kind of put a really yeah. CBS is looking for its version of woke, and that's going to be their woke. So people feel like, oh, I'm in touch with all the issues, and and hey, this relates to us. And surprisingly, CBS uh, shows, especially their sitcoms, they get kind of raunchy. They they get into the mud a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I, okay. What well, I guess what I'm I'm saying is like maybe maybe you're like, hey, we want to have designing women be this one. We're we're figuring this could be our show that kind of has those viral moments that people are going to be talking about. CBS is not going to be worried about viral moments. The only time they do that is with James Corden. Well, again, then eventually, okay, this audience is going to die out. I mean, like let's let's cut the crap. Like CBS's core audience is going to die out. Like you need to. I mean, I understand if you're going to reboot designing, if you're going to reboot designing women. What's the point of rebooting Designing Women if you're going to have like a, a very old cast? Like, well, see, who said they're not old cast? They're not they going to have a 30 or 40 something. 30 or 40 something. 
this. And here's the thing about that. We thought in the 80s that CBS's fan base would die out. In the 90s, they catered. Every, people are always getting older. <laughs> and that's the thing about it. CB, CBS is going to continue to cater to that demographic. What they do, it's the same thing to what they do now. All they're missing is a damn touched by an angel type show, which they're already going to put back on, right? What is it? I got a text from God or something like that. Right. So it just, it's just wash repeat with them, man. It's wrist wash repeat with them. Okay, but if you if you can do a rinse, wash, rinse, wash, and repeat, if you don't have the same shows, you're trying to go to the nostalgia well. When you, yeah. you don't, I mean, it's like I don't know if MacGyver's. I mean, I I don't know if MacGyver's oh, still. Are. I don't know if Magnum PI with not Tom Selleck is going to be on for more than a season. It's like you, Hawaii Five O is found resilience that I just didn't think was there. They no, they, they, they no kidding like. They no, probably, I mean, they're in their second round of cast. But Jace, you know what? You they didn't hire an old cast. They hired young people young, yeah. who could grow with the audience. So the audience, you know the same thing they did with SWAT. I didn't think that, um, what you call it, with um, Damon Wayans, Lethal Weapon. I mm-hmm. thought that wasn't going to make it to mid-season. I really didn't. And now we're in the season three with the cast change of, uh, what's his face, Clayne Crawford. Yep. I was going to say, with Scott we'll Williams, Jesus, but it's, it's now going to be, can they get, now that you've made that cast change, where do you have, can you make it that next season? Like CBS shows, like I've thought once they lost uh, the the two, uh, they're not Asian. I mean, like they really aren't. I mean, like, uh, Who but once from uh, Hawaii Five-0, I thought when they lost the, yeah, yeah, like I I thought when they lost them, they were, it was going to hurt them, but they, they're up and running still, and I don't think hey, – I think I'm, they're going to be this. Sean Williams Scott and Damon Wayans might hit off like gangbusters, dude. And that actually yes. sounds a lot more interesting to me. Cause that sounds like a star. Sean Williams Scott can actually play off really nicely with people. Yes, he can. He's hilarious, and I'm, yeah. I'm really shocked that – he didn't get, especially after role models. Anybody ever see role models? Yeah. Do role models between what's my man name? The little, the little uh, black boy, the little black kid. What's his name, man? We are the butt suck chipmunk ass butts. That kid who did that scene, that scene alone was worth watching that movie because he is hilarious. I'll I be was Jay really, Thompson. Right. I was really shocked. His chemistry with that little boy, man, Sean William Scott can, can, can be put next to anybody. I was really shocked that his career didn't take off. I mean, it was kind of, right? Because he was between American Pie and other roles that he did, like role models. I was really shocked that he didn't go further with that. I he think he had that thing where he got typecast as the obnoxious buddy. And, yeah. and that'll put you in a really narrow hole. And that was the only roles he was getting. And uh, he started doing other stuff like Goon. And this one will help, you know, because some of these cats, and he's young enough that he can have a whole second act with his oh, career. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's, he's super he young. He's, he's what? He's 41. So he's he's good. I always thought he would have been better cast in The Hangover than Brad Cooper. That's just my opinion. It's Brad Cooper's role and Brad Cooper's role. I don't know, because I think Brad, he uh, had that annoying thing. Well, that, people were looking for him to be that guy, and it's like, no, he's not. He's being the straight guy. Why is he the right. straight guy? He's he's the funny, obnoxious guy. Yeah, you're you're looking for him yeah, to be annoying versus both. 
you're, you're, that would be the one time your typecast is actually playing against you because it's like everybody's like, all right, he's he's gonna be annoying. He he's not gonna be cool, and anybody's gonna want to hang out with him. I'm like, nah. Go ahead, go ahead and pull this pull the stiffler. All right, come on, it's coming, right? They needed somebody like Bradley right. Cooper who was not known to the audience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you watched, if you you you've seen him in other things, you may not have recognized him there from uh, what the wedding crashes or whatever. Because a lot of people didn't right. really recognize him yeah. in that from the wedding crashes. Mm-hmm. I just, for me, he was Billy Zabka. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was like yeah, Billy yeah. Zabka in that role. It was like, nah, I don't <laughs> like you. So I never really jived well with him. That's just me. I, I thought Stifler would have been great. Uh, Sean William Scott would have been great for that. But you know, we should play that next next time. Uh, who re, re, oh, yeah. who would we recast in films? All right, oh, let yeah. me move on to the next thing. So this past week, I got to see one of the films that is absolutely going to make it onto my uh, best of 2018 list: Crazy Rich Asians. I'm not Asian. And I don't really have a lot. No, I have a few. So I don't have a lot of interactions with people who are Asians, which made this one like a real, I'd say an eye opener. Cause I think it was done in a way that did not apologize for the Asian heritage or Asian culture, but was done. So American audiences would be like, Oh wow, this is amazing. Great. And it was great. It was very funny. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. Didn't change the genre. Didn't shake things up, but if you're into those films, it's kind of a good reminder of like, hey, this, when it's done right, can be really entertaining and really fun. And it was cool because it was a lot of fresh faces to me. The only one who I think I've seen in, in more than one film was uh, Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao from Tomorrow Never Dies and Hero and all kinds of other great films. Um, yeah, but it was really good. Are you guys interested in seeing that movie? And... You know, they made a big fuss that this is like the first time in, in at least a decade where there was a, an, a primarily predominantly Asian cast that's going to be in theaters. What do you guys think? Are you excited? Think this is a good step? What do you think? I mean, I, I'm actually, I want to see it. Like, I mean, I mean, John Cho has actually had some really good, funny movies. So, I, I mean, like him him saying he's the director, I'm like, okay, I, I haven't seen what he's, he's, he can do behind the camera. But I've seen what he has done in front of it. So if he's directing the movie, he's not. I mean, I. John Cho is uh, not that one. This is the one from G.I. Joe Retaliation. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Justin Bieber. Uh, let's see. What else did he do? And I think he also did Jim and the Holograms, I think. Ooh. Oh, all right. Sorry. Lost you know, me right oh man, oh Lost man, I'm right oh. No, no, it's, no. It's, no, he's done good stuff, but I, I no. don't think that that was his call in terms of how to put that movie together. So I don't really blame him on that one because I just feel like those movies that one had no chance the moment they decided to go away from what made Jim Jim. Okay. Right, of course not. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I want to see it. I, I love movies, and who's in it? What what was I just love to see different cultures because mm-hmm. I don't want to just see it from an you know I don't want to just see movies from my point of view, a black point of view or a white point of American point of view or from the white point of view. I want to see everybody's. Go. What makes y'all y'all? What makes you you? You know what I mean? I, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna see it. I'm definitely gonna see it. I mean that's that's actually the fun part of I mean like when when America actually really embraces the multicultural part. That's actually was cool. It's like oh that's like a sun. I mean I'm not gonna say it. Oh, do, does everyone do that? I mean, it's literally like, oh, I saw a sample. Like, 
tell tell me more about what's going on here. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about you. Please tell me more. And I think this if this movie is as good as your review says, uh check it out on LilesMoviefile.com. I will I will I will check it out. Please plug. Hey man, that's what we're doing here. Yeah, so it was really good and i hope you guys will actually get a chance to see it this weekend or next week or whatever but it was good so far uh, it opened on wednesday and it made about five million which is a good sign because i'm always you know we're always talking about we want to see diversity not just with black uh films but everyone when everybody get a little slice of pie or a slice not even a little slice but like actually no, get into representation get you a plate yeah. get your food right. you come back for leftovers and i definitely want to see a sequel or sequels to this film. Uh, it's based off of uh, a trilogy of books. So hopefully we'll see more. And I am really looking forward to seeing more films like this. Uh, I'm watching right now because I did not get to finish it before we started the show. This Netflix original called The Package. This is not going to be on my list of best of 2018 films it is about five teenagers or college students and they all reunite and they have a crazy night uh camping one of them gets drunk and has a knife and makes it in he makes an unfortunate slice with the knife what yeah yeah exactly i mean i feel like even if you're drunk that's not happening what? Like, there's just certain things that you're not going to come around or let near you. A knife would be one of those things. It's like, I mean, I'm sure a knife is one of the safest thing in a nudist colony. Like, it, it, it ain't going to happen. Like, no. So, how far did you get on this, Jeffrey? I'm still watching it. I'm, uh, where am I? It's about 98 minutes. I'm about nine, let me see, I'm about I think I have another half hour to go. Now, there there have been some moments where I've laughed. But the problem with this one, you know, you've seen movies like Road Trip, American Pie, uh, those films where they have that kind of obnoxious character where it's like, man, this dude is the worst, but he's really funny. You know, your Stiflers, I'm trying to remember old boy in Road Trip, uh, Tom Green's character. But you have those cats. And this film has that character but he's super annoying and it's like he's trying so hard to be funny and that character can't try to be funny and he is and it's just killing me because it's like they give him so much screen time and all of his jokes are just landing flat it's like man and anytime they have like some supporting character some random side character comes in for a minute they're funny but our, our for our main dude characters they suck so what's the yeah. name of this dog turd no, it's called the package because okay, they're the trying package. to get the dude's package back to him so they can reattach it as a hospital. Oh wow, clever! Yeah, it's a dog turd. That's what called it, <clears throat> and I haven't even seen the movie. Oh my gosh, Jeff, did you just want to watch a new movie this week? You know, I like to to review movies, man. I like to get people out there so they know what what my thoughts are on things that I like watching or did not like watching. Because mm-hmm. yeah, this one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not quite sure. God's word, Jeff. Hey, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, good, I mean like, net, the Netflix of the world, they really do shine. Like, I, I think they that's is, is a way to really get new movies out there. And if somebody does some like uh, 
like a non. Like, I mean, I said I really liked it. And, like, if you want to put movies like that out, I mean, you got a vision, try it out and see what happens. But comedies, that's that's the one I think is harder for new directors because they think they're really – I mean, it's hard for somebody to tell you, you're funny to you but not to anybody else. And most of your friends are going to say, oh, that's hilarious because they think like you. It's going to be trying to get that next person who doesn't really know you say, yeah, well, that was, that landed like a dog turd on the, in, in the classroom. Like, no, man, that was horrible. Like, no, just, just stop. Hey, Jason, you touched on something we talked about, damn, maybe 14 years ago now. Remember when we watched Super Troopers and we thought it was hilarious? I still find Super Troopers hilarious. It's I more. Do I do too. I do too. But here's what I was going with. Remember after we saw Super Troopers, we saw what was the next uh, Broken Lizard movie? Club Dread? Oh, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Right. We and couldn't we even figure out if that was supposed then. to be a comedy or not. We were like, yeah. is this a comedy? Like, I'm not really sure. We were really confused. Like, is this a comedy? Because there was nothing funny about that movie. I'm pretty sure some people laughed and laughed their heads off, but for us, that was a stinker. And it was one of those movies that it felt like the make the, the, the Broken Lizard guys, the guys behind this movie, were laughing harder than anybody who would watch the movie. <laughs> that's the problem. And I think yeah. that's kind of the case with this one. <clears throat> that's what I was going to ask. Is that the feel for this one? I mean, there are some legit laughs. Like, there, you know, sometimes I caught myself like, hey, that was kind of funny. And then there are other times where I didn't even have to think about it. I just laughed. So, there are moments, but I feel like too often, I think one of the teen, teen comedies need likable characters. And if there's the unlikable to likable ratio is off, then it's hard to care about them. And I think that's the real problem with this one. Two of the characters are stupid and just dumb and annoying. One guy, is he has his moments where he's annoying. And the two female leads, they're actually good. And I wish they were with better co-stars because they could have really done some stuff with better um, people working alongside them. But the problem is like the writing is just kind of all over the place. So one of the guys has a crush on a girl and he randomly finds some panties and he thinks they're hers because they went swimming. He puts them on and he goes, I've got your sign. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he shows her the panties and she's like, those aren't mine. I was like, where, where did he find these from? And it's just dumb stuff like that. Another guy has another crush on another girl, and she touches him, and every time that happens, he gets an erection. So this time they're in a hospital, and he's a little too nervous to stand up. So then all of a sudden he starts farting. And it's like, come on, man. Fart jokes, can't, fart jokes can't work in 2018. They can't be the basis for any joke. They need to be like a happy accident. But they can't be like, watch, this is get the audience laughing. Somebody farting. Fart joke can work, but you got to do it right. Like yeah. you said, you got to do it right. It can't be the whole setup for the, the, the funny. The fart has to be a complimentary to the funny. Yeah. It can't be the payoff. It can't be the payoff. What was that movie? A uh, scary movie where basically Damon Wayans or one of them basically blasts a girl full of uh, ejaculation onto a wall. It's like, okay, it's got to be like subtle, like Ha ha. Okay. It can't be if it's like most fart jokes are just 
completely overdone. It's just like, ha, bam, like the super noise. It's like, <laughs> it, is, it, it can't work like that. Like the one of the funniest fart jokes that I've experienced was in in real life. So I'm in the I'm in the car with wife, kids, and we're riding, and we we narrowly avoid an accident. And it's one of those moments where you're all like, <gasps> and Rusey squeezes out the like loudest like kid fart you can imagine. It's like after all the dust settles and we're like, oh, you know, that breath, that, that oh, my God, breath that you have when you narrowly avoid a, 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 a catastrophic accident, right? Mm-hmm. And she squeezes out, like, in that silence, you hear, <laughs> that right there is because it turned a tense moment into something absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's a fart <laughs> joke to me. That's a fart joke. That would that would give you a laugh. That would like yeah. okay. I, I was stressed out now. I, now the the mood is like the, the levity. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah the levity is there, right? <clears throat> and then <laughs> I would have hated to have had to have died and had to fart or something like that. It was something like that. She said. And that was hilarious to everybody. Everybody, it was funny. It knocked everybody down. And that when nobody wrote that. Those are the kind of things that, yeah, that that's where you, if you're a writer, you insert those kind of real life things into making a fart joke funny to me. Hey, man, it's hard work. It really is. Way hard. Okay, so let me move on to, I guess, my last thing for the day here, fellas, because uh, I want to get to a bunch of other things, but I want to talk to everybody with that. Omarosa has found herself all over the news, and... You know, I I tried to have an open mind when she came on Celebrity Big Brother last year. I think that was last year. Maybe it was even earlier this year. That's early this year. Wow. Okay. So, so she was on there and she seemed pretty decent, you know, in talking with the different house guests. But the one part that just cracked me up was when she tried to be all dramatic and serious, talking about the dude in the White House. Like, it's so much worse than we thought. And I'm like, really. Really? Because I feel like most of us thought it was going to be a train wreck that got hit by a nuclear bomb and then a toxic waste dump spilled a over. School bus, a school bus fire, basically. I mean, every day. So she now, yeah, she's coming out here with all this stuff where, where she's like, you know, coincidentally promoting her book. And, oh, wow, wow. And it's like, I just feel like she's trying so hard to be like, look, yeah, you're gone to virtue. And I'm exposing this guy that you all did not know was a bad guy. He even used the N-word during The Apprentice. And I'm kind of like, you know, my time is my time may be off. I may need to check a couple of calendars. But I kind of feel like she was on The Apprentice before she was working with him at the White House. So she has such problems. Why is she now? Why did she just decide to, to sideline them until this point in time? Because she's an opportunistic troll. Yeah. She's an opportunistic, man-faced, booger-wolf, weave-wearing, Aunt Thomasina, Jack and Ninny troll. She should Wait go away. Like that name, man. Yeah, exactly, man. Let's, let's, let's try a different name here. Hey, look, y'all disclosing something. I'm not, okay? <laughs> y'all are disclosing something right there. Why did you say that name? 
look, look, she's what she is, okay? And you know, I, nobody should feel nobody. That's why there's no big outcry of support for her or anything like that. There is not. There is not. You don't get to cry black tears right now. You don't get to say, I, he's so evil. Yeah, but you aligned yourself with this jackass because you thought it was going to be something in it for you. When it turned out to be nothing but a swift exit, now you find in finding your conscience. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Please edit that, Jeff. No, you're not finding your conscience. What you're finding is a new way to keep yourself relevant for another 10 minutes. Well, the clock's ticking. Go away. <laughs> Go away. We don't need you to tell us what we already knew. It's like if Omarosa was to say, you know what I found out yesterday? That water is really wet. It's really wet, and it can damage wood. So please use a coaster the next time you have a cold drink on your coffee table. Shut up, lady. Go to hell and go away. You don't even have to go to hell. You just need to go away. That's it. Jason, what do you think about it? Again, I, I'm, I, I'd like to quote uh, Dennis Green here. He is who we thought he was. That's it. That's it. Like, just, again. I'm not like, talking about him. I'm talking about No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm going to say this. It's like, she literally has been riding that dude's coattail for 15 years. It's like, she would be, and, and she was all too happy to ride them coattails. No, I mean, knowing who he was. Like, did you really need him to say the N-word to really say, oh, he's, he's a racist? Like, Oh my gosh! You mean the guy who starts a campaign like that is a racist man? Knock me down with a feather, huh? Man, this just I mean, just wow. Jeez, I mean, you think air is like you know, alone? Wow! Drop go bomb goes the dynamite. Wow! Okay, come on. Like she's the worst, man. Yeah, so like her, 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 she don't get as much she money. She is the absolute. She's gonna get some money off this book from people who, I mean, like it's mostly gonna be like the news people who are gonna buy this book. It's like everybody else who knows how to do this. Like you can't. It's like you're gonna leak some audio tapes that'll tell us confirm. Oh, he told a lie. Well, shocker. I mean, no, not Donald, not Donald, lying ass Trump. No way. (laughs) I mean, that's not him. the, the, The reason why his lawyer keeps saying. Hey, it's a perjury trap if he goes and talks to a special counsel. No one else has to worry about why. There's no such thing as a perjury trap. You just tell the truth. If you are in, incapable of telling the truth, like, come on. Like, so I, I just, like, Dude, I don't even buy. She could actually make it through without telling a lie. Like, come on. Like, no, they, they both you, just go away. You got blood, and that's the thing about it. You got blood on your hands, too, lady, because yeah. you sat here and tried to sell this, this, I'm sorry, Jeff, I'm about to use a word here, dickhead. You tried to sell this dickhead to black folks and people who weren't uh, smart enough to determine and see what they saw out of this person and make their own determination. You tried to sell this man. You stood behind this man because you thought it was something in it for you. When it turned out to be nothing, and I'm going to say it again, that's when you found your moral compass, and then you got on the celebrity big brother and sat there and, 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 and poured your soul out to Ross Matthews. Oh, you know, she was literally using that. Get the that. hell she, out of here. She was literally using celebrity big brother just to do a little more hype for that book. Like, she, it was a, it's a put on, man. It's a put on. It's a put on. It's all a put on. 
And that's all it is, and that's all it's ever going to be with her. You don't have a moral compass, and I'm speaking directly to you, Omarosa, because for what it's worth, you ain't never going to hear this podcast, and I don't give a damn, but you're going to hear this somehow, way. It was never about the people. It's never about anybody but you. It's never about anyone but you. So don't sit here and try to say or, or save yourself and try to make yourself out to be some kind of a truth teller, whistleblower, martyr. You're not going to be the, 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 the next Colin Kaepernick. You're not posing with the black fist and, and going against and defying a, a crooked system or whatever you think that you're going to get out of this. Only thing you're getting out of this is the gas face. Cause you, I'm speaking for, for Charlemagne and the whole breakfast crew. You the donkey of the day. You the donkey of the week. You the donkey of the month. You the donkey of 2018. Goodbye. Close the door on her. And don't slam your weed even that crack neither. So fellas, I guess that'll do it for us on this one. Listeners, thank y'all for listening. We're out of here. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.